This episode of the Fair Game Podcast is brought to you by the Fair Game Golf app. It's like having a clubhouse and a scorecard on your phone. Connect with golfers across the globe, find people to play with, and track your rounds all in one place. If you want to show off that new putter or flex that you're about to play a top 100 course, you can do that too. It's like any other social media app, but just for golf. Best of all, it's 100% free. Head to the Apple or Google Play stores and check it out. Fair Game, the app for golfers. Welcome to the podcast. Wait, so what were you doing? Are you just running around doing errands? Like, what's what's today's uh, list of to-dos? Texas is known for being pretty hot. Um, so yeah. when it gets cold, we do not know how to live life. We do not know how to do... <laughs> we do not know how to do anything down here. I'm a pretty warm-blooded person, so I can handle the actual cold. But nothing in Texas can handle the cold. Our houses, our plumbing... Um, and so, uh, yeah, anyways, I've just been running around. Today was the first day where it's kind of like warm enough where the baby can get out and about. You have a kid. You know how it is. Getting them dressed for any situation is impossible. My daughter was outside yesterday in a literal princess dress trying to compl- tell me that it was not cold. And it, it's, it's, 20, it's 17 degrees here. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm yeah. like, yes, okay. But so anyways, here we are. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. My son. So yeah, the, the weather just dropped here today. It's like 21 degrees. That's the high in New York. And uh, there's there's something about kids with cold weather. I don't know if it's they their bodies run so hot, so they literally aren't cold or their brain, their brains don't work yet. I don't know which one it is. But he's like, yeah, let's go outside. And I was like, you have on a sweatshirt and it's 20 degrees. As a parent, I cannot responsibly send you out into the cold with that. So you know, we the very first day is about 17 out and she we were uh we built this little bike stand so she could learn how to do like little pop wheelies and stuff in the cold she's bundled up that was the most bundled up we got her and then last night um we went on a run at like eight or nine o'clock it was 15 degrees out and she's in the stroller refuses to put her gloves on she's wearing um uggs with no socks like open uggs not like yeah, and yeah. she then goes back inside, puts on her running shoes, and she proceeds to run up and down the block, like doing her exercise. She's three, and we're we're freezing, and she's just doing <laughs> laps. And I'm just like, this baby, man. So yes, I don't know which one it is either, but or it's just stubbornness. It's one of those. Or that also that Matt, do you have kids? No, no kids for me, but I can relate to the Texas cold thing. I'm in Dallas, so yeah. But I'm from I'm from the Northeast, so I laugh every time that you have some sort of like cold snap flow through here. It's like yep. everybody loses their mind. It was like the other day before uh, we had a, we had like a little dusting of snow and everybody was going nuts. And the last two years we've had the storms and it's, it's hilarious how people react. I was, uh, I was out about yesterday and like, there was, it was like lunchtime and there's like kids everywhere. I'm like, what is going on? And uh, my girlfriend was like, yeah, they, uh, they all had off school again today. I was like, yep, oh, yep. Like, roads are dry. Like she's like, just because the cold, I guess. It's like it doesn't make well, sense. Well, like I said, like I'm pretty warm blooded, so I, I like, I don't really mind. I'm like, you know, it's cold. I'm not trying to say I'm tough and it's not cold, but it's like I can handle the cold. But like I said, our houses and like infrastructure cannot. And like, right. It's so funny because like you guys, I have a bunch of friends in the Midwest through bike riding and some golf, 
And they're like, it's 17 out. And I'm like, yeah, well, our houses are literal frozen. Like they're like, we can't do anything because we weren't built for this. Right. Um, but whatever, here we are. It's actually not been too bad because there's not, there's not been too much or no rain at all. But the last few years when it rains, it's bad and it gets into a bad situation, but not ideal. Well, here we are. I will say the only thing, the biggest benefit about golf for me that has made me, uh, I've, I've acclimated to the cold weather better because of golf, because as a New Yorker, if you have, if you want to play, you have to just act. Oh, do you want to play golf between November and March? You're going to have to go out on a 40 degree day and it just, and you're, you just have to figure it out. So every year, yeah, I get used to it. Part of living in Texas and riding bikes, everyone during the winter from all over the world and all over the country come to Austin to ride bikes because you can get a day where it's 20, but with like today, it's supposed to be 45, tomorrow's supposed to be 75, and then Friday, it'll be cold again, well, are cold. And so you get a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm used to going four or five months in 30 degrees and trying to ride and just, you know, or lower. Just right. imagine trying to jump down a... 10 to 15 stairs or off the roof of a building in 10 degree weather. It's not that pleasant. So um, I was always like, Oh, I looked at it because my job was riding bikes. And so I looked at it like a day off when it was like this, I'm like, oh, I have no, I have the greatest excuse in the world to do nothing. And so, you know, you're kind of conditioned like cold weather gets me on the couch, but I actually play more. I enjoy playing cold weather golf. I feel like I am. I feel like I am uh, the olden times. You know, I have a couple old cars, and I always tell people I like to get in the old car, drive to the old golf course, walk with the old bag, and like play like they used to play. Yeah. And yeah. um, and it's like it's just such a cool experience for me. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. So I don't I mind the cold. Love it. We were playing on frozen greens a bunch at home in Pennsylvania in the winter. We would just play through everything. It was like. It just like it doesn't matter if there wasn't snow on the ground golf course was open local place was was get on out there and and have at it so yeah here they shut up they shut all the courses down because all the greens are frozen like they've everything is closed the last three days so you can't really do anything yeah there was a place uh there was a place we used to go to in the winter months like like cold cold you used to pay whatever the temperature was so like if it was below freezing whatever the temp was that's what you paid for the round of golf what oh hello Okay. That's amazing. So if you were if you were a true sicko, like you could go out there and you might play for ten bucks for the day. <laughs> like you're gonna be called doing it. That's uh, great. I like I like I love that. Yeah. That's really funny. The pricing so structure that comes back. Right I'm in New York. I'm in Dallas. Oh, you're in Dallas. From from Pennsylvania originally. Got it. Nice. Why did I think you were in Seattle, Matt? The only thing I can think of for out west for me, I mean I end up shooting out there a good bit with like last year with the opens mm -hmm. men's and women's um and then the year before i guess it would have been i was out there for women's am at chambers um but outside of that don't get out to seattle all that often yeah interesting yeah i don't know why i thought that maybe i just saw a picture of chambers and was like oh he lives there and it's like no he was just there for work you idiot so yeah, you might have you might have uh you might have associated me with marsh there because marsh used to be used to live out there jeff ah uh, yes that's possible Anyways, I'm rambling. So let's take a quick moment. Um, people that are listening may not know you guys. Uh, introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and then we'll talk about some other fun stuff. Matt, you want to go first? I was yeah, going to ask a question first. Yes, ask the question. Do you want this to be uh, uh, turn sideways like landscape, or you don't care? It's fine. We're not going to use the video, so all good. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. 
but but by the way, we may start to do more video. Um, we're thinking about it for some episodes in the future because we know people want it, but we want to do it a certain way. So we may do we may do things at like interesting locations or on courses or whatever. We got to unpack that, so we'll figure that out later. So um, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? We know your name is Matt, so that's been established. <laughs> yeah, Matt Matt Hahn. Um, so I am a freelance uh, photographer and videographer in the golf space. Uh, so I work with USGA, PGA, courses, resorts, brands, things like that. So uh, bounce around kind of job to job. Uh, got to do some really cool things last year, kind of ramping up schedule for this year. Uh, but was over in Italy for the Ryder Cup last year, shoot U.S. Open and Women's Open for the USGA, PGA Championship, work with brands like Peter Millar, things like that. So it's uh, it's a whole wide range of things, but it all tends to uh, revolve in and around golf. So I kind of, uh, it's funny, I ended up in this position kind of by accident. Uh, was a finance guy in college, uh, worked for Top Golf after I graduated, uh, did golf programs and strategic initiatives with them. Uh, was kind of doing the content stuff on the side. And then it just kind of, there was a, a chain of events that pushed me this way, but ended up jumping into this full time in, in 2021. So that's kind of the, the quick spark notes on my story there. Interesting. I had one question connected to that. I didn't know you're a finance guy. That's interesting. Uh, but for the Ryder Cup, obviously we know that the U.S. got smashed. That was a bloodbath. So we don't, we don't have to unpack that too much, but I've never been to Italy so as a one, as a traveler and two, as a golfer, how would you rate the experience? Cause I think about it from the standpoint of like, would a golfer go on vacation to Italy? Is it worth it as a golfer or is it like, nah, just go there take your girl, eat some pasta type of thing. So we, we didn't do golf. Luckily my girl golfs, uh, girlfriend golf. So she loves it. Like we, we did a trip to Cabot last year together. She, nice. she's been playing for like a year and a half and got really good really fast like is breaking 90 from like the white tees already uh which is pretty sweet but uh we went over and just did the whole like italian vacation thing was there for a week for the Ryder cup and then stayed a week afterwards um so didn't didn't hunt down any golf but i mean i'd go back to italy in a heartbeat it was it was awesome uh, my favorite spot was uh we went to a little like fishing town called camogli um it's near what people would know like portofino is the bigger kind of tourist spot that people would know nearby but uh, we found a hotel in this little town called Camogli and like we spent, I think it was three days there and it was just awesome. Like hiking and eating and you just go down and sit by the water and there's beaches and stuff like that. It was, it was really sweet. Nice. Awesome. That sounds dope. Yeah. I got to get over there. So Mr. Ross, give us the, the, the full spiel. Oh you man. Know. Um, well, first and foremost, I am a BMX rider. I've spent about, I mean, geez, at this point, almost 20 years as a professional bike rider. Um, I'm on the, obviously the later end of it. So I'm not as much of a go-getter when it comes to the tricks. I let the little uh, 17 and 20 year olds jump off the roofs these days. But I have always, you know, always ridden bikes that kind of took me all over the world and introduced me to all these amazing people. And I've always been a big sports fan. I mean, I just love sports, all of them, and grew up playing all of them. And actually never grew up playing golf and uh, picked up golf later. And, you know, sort of somehow from bike riding to golf, here we are, you know. Um, and outside of that, let's see, I do, we do a bunch of real estate stuff. I own a couple food trucks and a couple, we own a, a little clothing brand and, 
Um, but most of the stuff we're doing these days is all uh, around like real estate, Airbnbs, and uh, that kind of development projects outside of just being, you know, a, I guess you could say an influencer, but you know, <laughs> um, I like, it's hard to say it because, you know, I don't feel like I do the typical influencer stuff. I just sort of like, here's my life. I'm doing this. I've been so lucky to be able to do what I get to do. And um, so sometimes I don't feel like I'm influencing as much as I'm just like showing off. And I don't mean to be showing off at times, but you know, you just sort of like, this is what we're doing today. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what that, you know, thank, thankful for bike riding to give me this opportunity to kind of go through, uh, you know, the current stage of life, having fun, meeting people like you and, uh, and, uh, being able to do cool stuff, you know, just like giving you that platform to, for open door opportunity. So that's for kind sure. of, that's kind of my story. Awesome. I was telling um, Matt before you hopped on how we met. So we only met in person once and like we bumped into each other at the driving range. Was that in Austin? It was in Austin, right? It was in Round Rock. So just north of Austin. I tell people this story and everyone, it's like, this is like a perfect story of my life in a nutshell. Like I'm like the forever glasses half full person. I'm the forever like, um, what is it? Like, uh man manifesting things and not like i was like oh my god i gotta beat this guy it's just like you put yourself in this mindset like i'm gonna follow all these cool people i want to do all this cool stuff and i like i try and be so like i want to be so supportive to like you and all these people doing awesome stuff and then all of a sudden one night i'm just at the driving range and there's this guy in the sand trap i'm like i swear that's him and i was like for a little (laughs) while then i walked over i just follow you online like i don't really know you i've Maybe we said a couple things. Yeah, yeah. And I just think I have ran into that situation in my lifetime hundreds of times all over the world in the weirdest situations. And um, and I, I don't know. I've just been so lucky to be able to you know have those encounters and like you know it's just like I, who would have who would ever thought I'd meet you at Round Rock in the driving range? Right. On like a random I don't know Wednesday night at like eight like eight o'clock. Yeah. I'm just there because I I would guess my wife had something to do. And so I didn't know what to do. It's night and the lights are on. And I'm like, I'm going to go. I, 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 at that time, I probably was going once every few months. Like, I, it's not like I was there every night. Like, That's I never funny. go. Right. And then there you are. So, yeah, it's a small world. But, um, you know, I think like-minded people run into each other more often than people think. So Totally. Especially at the range. Same. Especially yeah. at the range. Right. Yeah. I am a big uh so before working at Fair Game, and even now, just because, you know, even though I work in golf now, like I'm always working and doing something. So it's not that I'm just like at the range, just banging, banging out balls. But I'm a very big, when I'm traveling for work, I always have to try to find, I'm looking for a couple things. Where's the closest range? And nine times out of 10, I probably don't have time to play. Maybe every once in a while, I might be able to squeeze in nine. But like, I'm, I'm looking for a good practice facility um so i always try to like scope out what's around me because like my last job i was working for a a vc firm and i was in austin for meetings and i was like fuck i'm in fucking austin and like there's nothing and i was like i gotta find something i i might have spent like a stupid amount of money on an uber to get to that range like i don't even think i had a car but you just figure it out so hey i love it that i mean it is dumb it is sad we don't have I mean, all the munis obviously have some ranges, but they're all off mats and they're not, none of them are lit up at night. And, um, you know, it's for what Austin is in so many places, it's actually kind of sad what it doesn't have when it comes to like golf or 
you know, golf practice. It's actually surprising. There's a bunch of, uh, what is it like proposals out to change a couple of the, um, golf courses, obviously the lions, the famous muti course. Yeah. And then there's also this other one where they, there's talks of putting in night ranges and like lit up par three courses and, or, you know, whatever. And so I think one day, but for where the city is at in a whole, it's actually, it's, it's very surprising that we just don't have any of that. You know, we don't for have sure. anything. Yeah. But I'm jealous I don't of the pitching putt. You guys have Butler. Yeah. And I think Butler will get lights. I think that's in the, the, you know, three to five year plan. Um, we're probably a couple years into that plan. So they're going to get some lights at some point. I think it's just, uh, you know, but who knows, but Butler is great, man. It really is. I, I've been, that was actually where I started playing golf was yes. at Butler. Um, me and a buddy would film bikes all day and we'd go hit balls. And I, like I said, I came from baseball. I played all these sports and I was lucky to be a good athlete. So it came pretty natural, especially those, you know, 60 to hundred yard shots. It's not so much movement. It's just, and, um, and then it grew into more. And then I always would tell people, I'm like, Butler's the greatest, but like they need food. They need to, they need to update this place. And uh, finally, there's a funny story behind that. We can get into that later, but they're finally have done it. And it, it, it goes hand in hand with where and what Austin is today. And like, that's what we needed and that's what it needed. And that's the only way it was ever going to survive forever is to have that update. And um, the guys who run it are great. So if you're ever in Austin, anyone listening, go check out Butler, eat a burger. My buddy, uh, Michael owns the food truck. He has multiple restaurants around town. It's a good, good place to get, get, get some lunch. Even if you can't play. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Next time I'm in Austin, I'm stopping by because every time I've been, I haven't had time to play, but that is definitely on my list to check out. So, um, quick tangent. Is there anything happening, um, on the course that you guys are interested in now? It could be golf news, culture, whatever. I'm just curious on like what you guys are looking at, absorbing, reading, uh, within the world of golf. Um, start there. I'm just curious. I have some thoughts, but I want to hear what you guys are looking at. I think for me, it's like probably all the development that's going on. So with like Cabot or, uh, you know, Dream Golf, you know, coming up with more properties, you know, the Rodeo Dunes out there in Denver, stuff like that. Like for me, selfishly, it's like it's more opportunities to go and shoot some new places. Um, but also just personally, I mean, I'm golf nut, love to travel and play all these different places. I probably play most of my golf on the road just with mm -hmm. the nature of me traveling all the time. So it's it's more new places to go and see because I'm I'm fortunate enough to get around to uh, a lot of these, you know, destinations, whether it's for work or for fun or, you know, kind of a, a combo of both. So that that development that's happening and and both, you know, kind of the public resort space, but also the private space. You know, you've got stuff like, you know, Zach Blair's tree farm and old Barnwell and uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the southeast. Um, so like that's the stuff I think for me right now that's that's top of mind. It's those you know, those new developments, those new courses that kind of have that, that newer school of thought as far as architecture and what fun golf is rather than, Hey, let's throw a, a golf course down and slap a bunch of houses or, you know, timeshares or whatever it is around it. it. It's the golf first kind of mindset for me that I think is, is the first thing that I'm focused on. Mm, interesting. I feel like that's especially with like when you look at Cabot, which is booming, you've got St. Lucia, everyone's talking about it. The course is getting rated and um, I think that's really cool, but it's fascinating to see when I think back, I don't know, maybe over the past five to seven years, when you think of premium golf, obviously you have those traditional locations. It's like classic kind of like clubs, um, very exclusive. 
and then you have these properties like all the discovery properties and you know those ones that are so out of reach and so baller but then like take off a different way i think it's interesting to see more places like that start to pop up um but at the same time i'm i'm intrigued by places like like a panther national right when you talk about and look there's courses that close and open all the time right this is just part of the life cycle of golf I think it's interesting that there's so much money being poured into places like that. Like Jordan did it three years ago with Grove 23. Um, I think it's interesting. And the question that I ask is that is, is golf just doing more of the same, but in this, but in a slightly different way, like, are we just building more exclusive clubs? Um, but then it just, but then the guy that's doing it is just a different kind of guy. Like, and I'm just posing the question. I think it's interesting um, because you know, Michael, like Grove 23 is a private place, but it is a gem. And when you see a person wearing the hat, you want to play it in its MJ spot. That's cool. Obviously, MJ built his own club for himself, which I love. And I think that's super dope. But I also think about golf as a whole and this idea of accessibility. How much is too much? Like, who's who's building the dope public track right now? I don't know. I think the last one that comes to mind for me is probably the, the park the park at West Palm, like that, that place looks sick. Um, Palm, Palm beach par three has been around for a while, but that, that is again, like a really dope, accessible, affordable course. That's really nice. Um, so I don't know. I think it's an interesting time for golf, um, where you're seeing a lot of things emerge. But I think for me, the, the question that I always pose is that, and I guess not just with golf, but in life is that there are a lot of things that happen and you take a step back and you assess and say, this is good or this is bad. And then at a certain point, the cycle comes around again and you have to ask yourself, have we learned from any of the, of the things that of the mistakes or the things that we've done? Or are there just different people coming in doing the exact same thing? I don't know. That's, that's what I think about. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, I'll, I think we are just doing the same thing over and over. That's, I think the car industry to every industry is just like, I think there were so many great designers, whether it was fashion or, anything a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, 60 years ago. And like our music's a great example. And it's just really hard to ever be better than like what, you know, uh, Billy Joel or Elton John or someone like that did. Like they're, they're timeless. And like, so what are you supposed to sing about like Instagram today? And like, it's the same, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to hate, I'm just saying, I think it is really hard to be better and, and not replicate. And the other thing I'll say to that is coming from a real estate and a, uh, a little bit of development we see exactly what you're talking about in austin um directly outside where we live we're like all they're building outside of our house and i'm not a hater of all this it's just a telltale of what you're saying where it's all they're building is six seven story apartment or condos because with the price of land that's all you can afford to put up is the more doors the more doors the more doors and i think it goes the same way for golf courses like yeah wouldn't it be great if the city could take you know, however many acres it is. I mean, I don't know, hundred acres or something crazy to build a golf course. I don't know what it is, but, and the, and to be able to like make it accessible and like have lights and make it to where kids can come. Well, you know, like they're the golf course in Austin, they've been fighting over for, you know, I don't know, UT and the they're all fighting over is like multi, multi, multi-billion dollar piece of land in the heart of Austin. And you're just like, yeah, that's why I like the Grove or something like that. Or there's driftwood in Austin. They're all exclusive clubs because 
and I, you know, I'm sure you know this, I'm not telling you, but it's really sad. The same as the concept. like, wouldn't it be so cool if we could get like an awesome, like, I don't know, uh, name like a theater or something, but it's like, there's just, everything is money-based, which is, you know, we all understand that, but sure. it's sad. It is sad. It's sad. There's not better courses to walk onto. And it's all about this, that, and the other. And Hey, I think that's just the world we're living in these days, especially when you or I, or, you know, we choose to live in a very booming city. That's the demand. I mean, I guess if you lived in the middle of nowhere, obviously land is a lot more affordable. Maybe it's more reasonable, but here that's just not the case. And so you get private courses. We have a ton of courses in Austin that were public even just five years ago, and they're all turned to be private. Interesting. I know they just, they basically started out where it was a half and half thing and they just got so many members and they're paying so many dues. They are no longer public courses. They have turned into a private club. And in some ways the course didn't necessarily get better. It just, they needed the tea times for the people that are paying the premium mm. or, you know, the exclusiveness. And so we're losing golf courses in a way because of, you know, because of that people are willing to pay it. And so they're, they're locked down now. Um, it's really sad. That's interesting. I wonder, cause it makes me ask the question of, and I don't have any facts to back this up, but I wonder if the business model of running a golf course, obviously if you have members and they're paying dues that provide most, at least to my knowledge, most golf golf courses operate at, you know, they, let's make enough money to run this thing. Right. And make a little bit to kind of like improve it every year. If they're not like, you know, raking it in, um, but as a business model, is the public golf course business model so flawed that like you cannot run and maintain a golf course like maintaining the greens and the complex and having a decent clubhouse? Is it impossible to maintain like, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, eight out of 10 golf course. I'm talking about like a seven or a six, right? I just want like grass in the fairway and the greens are decent, right? I wonder if it's impossible to do that on the public scale unless you're getting like a massive grant or something from the city or you're somewhere where the weather cooperates to your favor. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean I think it's just the demand is so high right now. That's why you're seeing the shift in the way you are with a lot of places going the way that it is. Cause it's just like, if you don't go private in some cases in those like semi-private situations, like you just can't make the public people happy and the private people happy. It's just not going to. Yep. It's just not going to be possible, but yeah, it is a shame that some of the stuff is going private. I mean, down here in Dallas, it's, it's, uh, it's tough right now. If you want to go try and go join somewhere private, because like everywhere is waitlist or everywhere is crazy expensive because the yep. demand is just so high. And then on the public side of things, like that demand just manifests itself into like, all right, if you're going to go play public golf, you're going to play five and a half hour round, or it's just hard yep. to the time that you want. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword right now. Like the demand is great. Uh, cause the game's growing. There's more interest in the game. I think, you know, the last three or four years than there has mm -hmm. been for a long time. Um, you know, which helps a lot of different things in the industry. Um, but also at the same time, like, I think it presents a whole new set of challenges for, you know, the course model itself. And it's like, that's that demand, I think, and that interest is why some of these new places are possible. Um, but also at the same time, like, I think it's shaping like how these new places look and and feel and who, who has access to them ultimately. Yeah, for sure. And I would guess it's the same in Dallas. I think it's probably different in other places, but 
here, most of the golf courses, besides the city courses, were all built in neighborhoods. They're all built around a giant subdivision with development. And they were, um, they are the, the anchor to getting people into those houses and into that neighborhood. And I think all these years removed, they realized that, hey, they have enough people in the neighborhood now to pay the dues. And like, so they make it into more of an exclusive thing, which is great for the people that are members are in the neighborhood, but it's, and then, you know, and they already got all the doors sold. And so it makes sense in that way. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know where you go from here. And it's maybe in other cities, you see more courses built standalone, you know, like here, or at least most of the stuff around here, you don't, well, one, there's not any new courses being built in general. The last new course was that like Driftwood, the one Crenshaw did with like Matthew McConaughey and Jordan Spieth's a part of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that one was in a development. You bought a million dollar lot to be a member and you had to build a house and that's how you got your membership outside of your, so they're all built with houses in mind. But then you have somewhere like Sweetens Cove where you have, it's just a golf course in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, there's houses sort of, but it's not built around the houses say. Right. And I, we don't have that here yet. Like we don't, at least even anywhere near here, we just can't pull that off. Even like think Blue Jack, in Houston is on it's, you know, you live on, you can live on the course, you know, mm. it's a, um, uh, so I don't know if we do. We also just have a lot of land here. And so maybe it makes it, um, easy to like build golf course with houses. Cause there's plenty of land, you know, Texas is huge and you find the right piece. You can, you can build whatever, but I know that it's not as popular to build subdivisions with golf in general anymore. Cause golf courses cost a lot of money. So, yeah, it's a, who knows? Who knows? It's all interesting stuff. What are you guys interested in digesting, reading, absorbing that is not in the world of golf? Just like cultural stuff that you're finding interesting right now. Anything? Anything come to mind? I love, oh, I don't know if it's interesting, but it's interesting to me. I'm not a big, like, um, I, I'm not a big, like, news guy or politics guy outside of, like, the things I'm interested in, like sports and bike riding and golf. So I don't know what's going on in the real world, which is, you know, some don't like that, but I find a lot of peace in it. But the things I find I, I'm the most interested in outside, you know, sports, old cars, um, travel, shoes. I think I talk to you about shoes pretty regularly. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. those are the things that, you know, make, get, you know, make me happy. Just the simple things. For sure. What shoes do you have your eyes on right now? Uh, you know, I... I don't really have trying to take a break. The only ones I didn't buy, what are the, I could, I might not be able to pronounce it, but I almost bought those new, new balance ones. Like the, all the different colors, the Angel and Angoria. How do you say it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen these. They're not a golf. They're not a golf shoe. They look great, but I did just buy the, is it Lunar, Lumar, Lumar, the green with the, or sorry, the yellow sole with the, I'm not, I buy shoes to wear them. I don't research. I'm just like those. I like, I buy them. I agree. The Nikes, right? Those yellow. So yes, I got those too. The lunar, whatever. Yes. So I, when those came out, I had them in my shopping cart in my size. And I was like, yeah, I just like, don't, it's like the four, first week of the year. I told everyone I was done buying shoes for a couple months in 2024. So I, I said, no, I'm not going to buy them. You know, three days later, can't buy them. And I'm on StockX and I'm buying them anyways. <laughs> and luckily I only bought them for about, $15 more okay. than I could have. But that's how bad I was like, I have to have them. No, it's the first week I'm going to chill. And then all of a sudden I'm buying them, you know, secondhand. 
and I am loving them. So that's that's what I've been wearing. Yeah, they are a great shoe. I've only worn mine three times, but yeah, they're super comfy. They're uh, so light. They're super light. They're a little, they're chunkier than I thought they would be. Like they're a little wider, uh, which makes sense because they're more of like a running shoe. Uh, yeah, but they're dope. They're great. I love them. Um, when I, I do just, I just love shoes. I think they're great. I, you know, I know that's real dumb to some people. And I, and it's funny because I'm not, I don't really consider myself like a sneakerhead because I think of a sneakerhead as someone who's like, you know, buying Jordans and all these, you know, dunks. And, and that's just like, I'm not interested in that. Jordan's shoes are like some of my favorite shoes since I was a kid. Yeah. Love them. But I'm more of, and I always explain it to people like this. I'm more of like the Jerry Seinfeld shoes from when he was like, because he, he, <laughs> he wears a lot of shoes. I'm like the dorky dad sneakerhead shoes. Like if you know, you know, and you like them. But if you don't know, you'd be like, why is he wearing these yellow shoes with green on them? And like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I think of. That is pretty funny. Matt, what are you into other than, or um, what are you like absorbing or, or, or what are you into other than golf? I'm just curious. Um, I'm a big baseball guy. I mean, off season right now, unfortunately, but you know, we're getting closer to spring training. So I'm looking forward to that. Cause I love just when I'm home, you know, at night, just turning on the baseball game in the background and either, you know, paying attention or in some cases, like just having to be background noise, but, uh, Phillies are my squad. I'm a Philadelphia sports guy, mostly the Phillies. Um, nice. I'll pull for, pull for the Eagles a little bit, follow football, you know, watch the NFL playoffs, things like that. So I've been I've been watching all those games right now because, uh, you know, like December, January, February is my slower time of the year. It's where I kind of get to kick back and relax a little bit. So take in the in the football, the playoffs, some of the college football stuff like that now that that's that's over. Um, but I just find myself at night right now, like I need something to watch and I'm missing that missing that baseball. So that's, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to coming back. But I mean, outside of that, I'm I, that that finance background in me, like I kind of dive into some business books here and there, you know, kind of read some of that stuff. Uh, always just keeping up. I don't do the news either, kind of like uh, like Aaron said. But if anything, it's I'm I'm you know popping into the Wall Street Journal here and there to catch up on some of that stuff. I like to read um, I like to read a bunch of the sports writing too. Like the Athletic is really good. Uh, so like just picking up on some of those bigger articles, like the all the Saudi stuff right now with the lawsuit and and things along those lines. Just trying to keep in the know with with some of that stuff because it kind of is golf, but also isn't golf. Uh, if you if you get what I mean. Oh, for sure. It's interesting. Now, question about baseball, because I'm curious, and it kind of how this relates to golf is that there are some sports that are strictly spectator sports, right? Like the average American will watch football, American football. But probably if you ask that same American, how many times this year did you play football? They probably say, I don't know, once. Um, it's the stereotypical, oh yeah, we threw the pigskin around, you know, while Thanksgiving, while Thanksgiving dinner was being made and the leaves are falling and like dads are wearing plaid, right? Um, for you, is baseball um more of a spectator sport and an and a participatory sport, or is it more of just something to kind of like watch? Do you play as well? It's purely spectator at this point. I've actually talked to uh Luke Davis from Lion Loft about this a little bit. Uh, Cause I was saying to him, we were talking about being baseball guys. He's a huge baseball guy too. And he was like, you got to go play in like a rec league and like pick it back up again. But it's like, I haven't, I haven't played in a while. I was, uh, I was one of those kids that was like double roster junior legion and legion ball in high school. And, and that's kind of how I got into golf was like burn out of baseball. Cause I had a game like every day of the summer, sometimes two games a day mm. in the summer. And it was like, all right, you know, I just kind of got tired of it. Um, and that's when I caught the golf bug real bad. Cause it was like, okay, this is, it's a little something different. And once you start playing half decent, like, you know, Aaron said, the baseball kind of translates into yep. 
into golf pretty well because you got the speed and and similar movements um so it just you know the, the baseball burnout is what turned me on to golf but i haven't really played since kind of end of high school uh, in terms of like playing in an actual game i've actually played a little bit of like summer ball when i'd come home uh early on in college but that's about it so i haven't played in a while but it would be it'd be interesting to go back and get into a rec league mm-hmm. yeah i actually i actually play i haven't played in a long time i'm not gonna um, but I play on this team called the Texas Playboys. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them. They have a they have their own field in Austin called the Long Time. They hold about 20 games a year. The field is like no bigger than like a kid's softball field or sorry, a kid's baseball field. But it's like literal grown men that like and women that are all on the team. We wear like wool jersey. It's like insane. Um, Yeti's done a video about them. They had a, they were in Paris for a game. We travel all over the world. Whoa, this is, this is a thing. <laughs> oh no, it's, this is like, and it's growing and growing and growing. It's insane. I'll send you both some information on it, but look yeah, up yeah. the Texas Playboys. Um, and then the longtime Texas, which is the field. It's a whole thing. Like they'll have hundreds of people come to a game. We sell season tickets. It's, it's, it's amazing. And what they've done is great. It's all art people. It's all like metal fabricators. Um, sponsors are all local to Austin or not. They travel all over the country and um, are all over the world. Like we had a game in Paris at the end of last year. The last few years, getting all our stuff with the baby and everything, we're just, it's just not as easy to, you know, put time into it. But the guys that do it are great. And uh, most of the guys on the team are all very important people that have made Austin into what it is, whether it's restaurant owners, the, you know, uh, artists photographers and so it's a really cool group of guys and and girls musicians a lot of musicians um like jack white has a team out of i guess nashville we play them every year so he comes down he owns Warstick, that bat company um or he's a part of it i believe and so they Warstick team comes down and we play and it's a bunch of guys that are like some of them never played baseball in their life not very good some are great some are played baseball and it's more of like we finish the games out with our worst pitcher on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like we don't try to win the games. They try and like give them away no matter what. It's, it's just a really good vibe. Music's playing the whole time. And, uh, you know, something I'll send you guys both, both some information. That's the type of team you need to put, you need to join. You would yeah. love that. That's that yeah, I'd love to see that. Right. Cause there's, there's nothing worse than a rec league that takes itself too seriously. I did a couple years ago in New York. There's a league called Zog sports. Rec leagues are hard because depending on the league, you get a combination of people that are not on the same page in terms of what is our investment to this game. Cause then like I did flag football one year and it was like half of them were, or in thirds, third of the guys were like, you know, I played D two D three football and I just, I, I need my reps. Right. A third of the guys were just like bros. Right. They just wanted to like be bros and maybe be athletic and just run around. And then the other third were like, a mixture of bros and women and some couples that were just like looking to do kind of like a fun thing, which is fine. But what happens is that when you have these three perspectives on the field at the same time on the same team, um, the, the way that people are like running and effort and like, Oh, I dropped that pass. No big deal. Like it's very frustrating. And like, I, it's, it's cool to have a, like this baseball league like that, because it sounds like everyone's on the same pe- same page in terms of like, we're going to have fun. It doesn't matter if we lose It's Then that's great. Cause everyone's on the same page. Totally. I mean, like when I say the worst pitcher goes in, he's lobbing the ball at like 30 miles an hour. It sounds great. It'll bounce past the plate. 
And we've played a couple teams where like they've real, real like aggressive, real um, competitive. And like at the end of the game, like the coach of ours, a little bit, that was fun. Like we're well, like to the coach of like, we're never going to play again. Like <laughs> you didn't get the idea of what we're doing here. And you're mad about calls and you're yelling at the ref or open like, and you know, it's like, Hey dude, we're like, there's kids playing here. There's a band playing at the same time. Like we're on a homemade field. Like, right. Get the vibe. It's not that serious. Right. Have fun. It's pretty fun. So next time you're in Austin, if there's a game going out down at the same time, you, it, it's really fun for everyone to go watch. It's, it's really fun. Awesome. All right. Let's take a quick break. Um, I call this the turn. It's kind of like we've reached the halfway house. I'm going to go get, uh, some water. Um, I don't know if I'm going to eat today. I might intermittent fast today. I'm not sure if I, I did it last year and it was really fucking annoying, but I lost a bunch of weight and I'm deciding I'm like mentally deciding if I want to do it again or not. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to go get, get some water for now. And then I will decide, um, you guys take a break, get water, coffee. Let's come back in like two minutes. Cool. Perfect. All right. Be right back. Look, we've all done it. It's a slow Tuesday and your boss is out of town, so you sneak up for a round. But you still want to flex a little bit that you're playing that course before your buddies do. The Fair Game app has you covered. You can set up your round and when you tee off, all your buddies will know about it. They can even hop in the comments and talk smack while you're playing. Want to post a video of you hitting the purest shot of the round? You can do that too. All without your boss knowing. It'll be our little secret. Fair Game, the app for golfers. Okay. So, um, one of my favorite questions, and it'd be fun because now we have a finance guy turned golf photographer and a, a professional BMX rider on the call slash real estate like guy. Um, I always love to hear, uh, just kind of like the Genesis moment, um, of like what inspired you to do what you do, even if it isn't, uh, specifically in golf, just kind of like, cause I think with everybody, what kind of like happens is that you know, you decide to do something or you have this kind of like moment of like, Hey, I'm really into this. Like I've worked in advertising and branding forever in New York city. And I got this awesome opportunity to help create a golf brand platform. Um, so here we are. Um, but I think for me, it was my Genesis moment was probably, I don't know, a few years back where I got this opportunity and I realized that there's so much thinking and experience from the non-golf space that can be brought over to golf. And I was like, I have to give this a crack. So here we are. Um, but I don't know, maybe Matt, you can go first. What, cause you know, obviously fi finance and golf are very different or they're obviously connected because someone's got to pay for that grass. Right. Um, but what inspired you? Cause you did say that you were always kind of like a casual photographer. What made you take that jump to do it? Um, like legit as a job. Cause I, what I find very interesting about that is that I, I minored in photography in college. Um, like I went to school for design and I, I kind of half paid attention in, in camera class. Right. I would consider myself to be a very amateur photographer. Right. And I would never like people have asked me to do like professional jobs. I would never take a professional job. Because I, I'm like, I'm not at that level to make it my job. But for you to get to that point, like, okay, hobby to like, this is my real deal is a really fascinating jump. Uh, what inspired you to, to make that shift? Well, first, you got to give yourself more credit than that. I've seen what you shoot. You've got more chops than just than just amateurs. I'll just try. I can try. I know how to try really good. That's that's it. 
you try pretty darn well. So you got to give yourself more credit. But yeah, I mean, for me, I think it kind of goes back to um, the the genesis for it kind of starts back in college, I'd say. So my my brother is the one that really got me started with photography. It started with GoPros and then he got a camera and then I got a regular camera because I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. But I was the president of the club golf team at University of Delaware uh, in college. And the con- where content kind of came into play there is we used GoPros and things like that. And I got my first drone in college when you had to put like the GoPro on the drone still. It was early drone days. Um, it all kind of started there. We used the content to promote the club. Mm-hmm. Because of what we did at Delaware, I ended up being the club uh, club golf president for the country for a year. And same deal was just doing content at uh, at championships and things like that for the NCCGA, which is what it was at the time, which is uh, the company that ran that got bought by the PGA of America. Um, but, you know, continued to do that when I went to Top Golf after I graduated, but, you know, travel, go on trips. Um, and kind of my thing was like, if we went somewhere cool, take the camera with, shoot one of the rounds you know, just kind of have those pictures to share with the group uh, that was with us for afterwards. So we could kind of look back and relive the trip. And every once in a while, like if I could, you know, take the drone with and get the drone out, you know, do those, you know, get that drone up and get some photos and things like that as well, just to make it even better. Mm-hmm. But really what happened that kind of spurred the whole thing is I got into Zach Blair's ringer event. Uh, and this was in 2019. It was a dormy club uh, back before dormy club had any like legit clubhouse or any of the cottages or any of the stuff like that. Um, and I got paired in a group uh, with a guy by the name of Dave Plaster. And he was the CMO of the Dormy Network at the time. I was just carrying the camera around like I normally do mm-hmm. around shooting just to have some pictures. And he goes, Hey, you know, I'd love to see what you're, what you're shooting. He's like, I'm actually the, the CMO for the network. He's like, we're always looking for more content for the courses. Like if you're, if you're willing to share, I'd love to see it. So I kick him a Dropbox over afterwards. I didn't think anything of it because that's like what I would normally do is like if I played, you know, golf with you guys and had the camera, I would send you guys a Dropbox afterwards of photos just from the round. Uh, so he was like, hey, you're you're pretty good at this. You should think about getting paid for this sometime. And I was like, is that is that a thing? And he was like, yeah, we pay people a bunch to come and shoot our courses on a regular basis. He's like, you should consider doing that. And he's like, we need to talk about, you know, having you out to shoot. So uh, kind of long story short, uh, started to do some jobs on the side for Dormy. Uh, they've got, you know, seven or eight clubs. Um, so started to bounce around to, to some of their courses, do jobs like that. Uh, during COVID, ended up picking up PGA of America as a client. I was on furlough from Topgolf for three months because the, the business pretty much shut down because they couldn't have the venues open. Mm-hmm. During that time, I started to shoot PGA Frisco uh, for PGA of America as that was getting built. So those were kind of my first two clients. And then it just continued to snowball. So like the industry connections that I had uh, through being club golf president and then through being at top golf and just kind of all those different things um, kind of made that snowball kind of move faster down the mountain because I was posting pictures and things I was working on and people in the industry were seeing it because I was connected with them for some different reasons, you know, through my other kind of experiences and uh, got to a point in 2021 in the spring where I could look at like the next seven or eight months and I was like, all right, there's enough business on the book here uh, to make this a full-time thing or to at least sustain me through the end of the year. So uh, put in my, instead of two weeks, it was kind of put in my two months with Topgolf, um, gave them as much time as they needed to kind of transition uh, and replace me, hung around uh, to help them out and just started to do jobs kind of uh, in the meantime. And then once I hit June of 2021, uh, made the jump and it was full-time from there. Nice. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Do you have a favorite 
event or project that you've done so far that you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is the one. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch. Um, I actually, it's funny you, you mentioned that I just did a blog post on my, on my website from like favorite project by month, uh, for 2023. So I'd, I point anybody there to go look at a bunch of them, but I mean, it's hard to beat the Ryder cup. Uh, I mean, that one was kind of, a that one was kind of like a dream project or like a bucket list kind of opportunity to go shoot. Like any of the majors are, are for me, like they're a ton of fun. Like I love going and doing course shoots as well. Like those are, those are some of my favorite projects, but, uh, when you get to go and kind of run around inside the ropes at a major or, you know, in this case, the Ryder cup, like it's pretty special. I mean, I got to fly over on the plane with the team, uh, to Italy. So I was on the charter flight with the guys, you know, just kind of getting to see them interact, uh, before we went and got on that flight. So it's, it's kind of a, a wild setup. We flew to Atlanta, uh, we're in the Atlanta airport Marriott. We're in the back like conference rooms and they've got it divided into three sections. And I walk in to like check my bags because it was a private charter flight. They have like these temporary, um, basically stations set up and they would just go over. You'd hand them their passport. You'd hand your passport over, uh, give the suitcase. And they would have just like taking the suitcases outside, loading them up on a truck, uh, to go put them on the plane. And I looked at my left as I'm like checking in, I've got Jordan speed to my left and I've got Scotty Scheffler to my right. <laughs> what did I do to end up in this room? Kind of. Is so, so, and then the guys are just sitting there watching football while they're waiting for the, for us to get chartered over on a bus to the plane. And it's just like, you know, Max and JT and Ricky and all these guys just like watching football, you know, some of them had money on games are just like giving each other shit there in the, in the room hanging out. So like, just to see those guys in that setting where like, it's kind of like them as themselves rather than them, just the golfer inside the ropes uh, was a pretty cool experience. That's awesome. That's pretty dope. I love, I love to hear that. I I've always been a huge, like, you know, Going off what you just said about being on the plane, being with those guys, I've always told kids and uh, parents that have messaged me over my whole BMX career, they're like, what does he need to do? What advice do you give? This, that, and the other. And I'm always like, look, and whether or not I think or know how good their child may be or they are, I always try to be like, look, I don't think you realize how important it is to like, like, this is a great community. This is a great group of people. But like, there's also so many jobs within this design, photography, like not everyone gets to be you know, Michael Jordan or like Jordan Spieth or whoever. And I'm always like, but there's so many different avenues of happiness in there. And I've always been like, Hey, look, like if he wants a camera, like support and as a whole, like we got, we all just can't be the best, you know, like, and, um, and so anyways, I love that story where you're just like, yeah, like I didn't think I was going to end up on a plane going to the Ryder cup. And I'm like, yeah, but like when you were a kid, you might've had a dream to be a, a pro golfer. And, and, you know, maybe that wasn't realistic. And then here you are getting to live out the dream in some ways, like possibly less stress. No one's going to hate on you for the lack of showing up at the Ryder cup. And yeah. um, they'll just remember all your photos instead of like the, you know, defeat. And I think that's such a cool thing to like teach kids like, Hey, look, there's so many different avenues of like ways to continue in your favorite, um, whatever your favorite thing is, whether it's bike riding football or golf or whatever. And, I've always told parents like, and now I get messages because now I'm, I've been in this for 20 years. And that was always like my number one go-to piece of advice was, especially after seeing some kids ride, you'd be like, mm. no, there's so many different ways to continue to travel the world riding bikes, like team manager, whatever. And now I get messages back and they're like, yeah, dude, I'm so psyched. You told me about like filming and now I'm filming all over the world or I'm shooting photos outside of BMX, but BMX got me into photos and 
I don't know. I think that's a, I think that's just something great to show people that like, Hey, like it's dude, like, yeah, we all want to be a pro, you know, like it's just, we're not all that, you know, we're, you know, we're not all there to do that. I was lucky to do that, but I wouldn't have been a pro golfer. I can tell you that much. I love that advice so much. It's like, it's kind of what I've experienced with golf. I mean, I didn't, I started late, so I didn't think I was ever going to be a professional golfer, but like I wanted to be in and around the game and like, yep if you're passionate about something and it's like, you find out like just what those other avenues are, it might be playing it, but it might be those million other things that you talked about. Like for me, it was like, that's how I ended up at top golf. And like, that's how I ended up doing the photography. It's like, that's such good advice. I love that so much. Yeah. It's always been my favorite piece of advice to give everyone. And then, you know, I have years later, I have people that are team managers now and they're like, yeah, you know, you just made me look at it different. Like without telling me I was bad at bike riding. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, (laughs) But you also want people to stay motivated and stay interested right. in what they love. And it's not about like, oh, I'm sorry, you aren't so great at this or that. But like, hey, there's other things I'm not great at. Like, I'm lucky I was good at bike running because I'm not a great photographer. You know, like maybe it's better that I was good at this because I might not have got to stick around if I didn't have this or that, you know. So right. anyways, I just always I love that that your story goes straight to sitting on the plane and just kind of being in all that like and you didn't you probably at 10 weren't looking to be a photographer, but you just got to kind of. I'll go through all the open doors and enjoy the ride. And that's where it takes you. Yeah. yeah. 100%. That's awesome. That's actually really true. Cause I think a lot of people, it's so easy to forget that um, there are so many within every line of work and categories, there are so many opportunities to be connected and engaged with that thing. You know, like everybody, I don't know, at least for me, a lot of people grow up and you want to be, Oh, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be, a, I want to be a, like, I wanted to be a, I want to, I want to go to NBA. Right. Like you want to do these things and you realize that even though that may or may not be in the cards for you, there's still opportunities to do things um, connected to that sport, especially with golf. Like when you think about golf as a category, there's so much attention and focus on this being a player, which is not a bad thing. And I know we were we were laughing about the 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 influencer bubble, if you will. It, I I I mean I think it's very weird, um, but like a lot of people don't. And look, some people might listen to this and think I'm I'm like I'm talking shit. I'm not, but like I'm gonna say it. There are a lot of people who are deemed golf influencers that have taken on that role. They found a way to stay relevant within the category and the sport that they love. Like maybe some of them said, Hey, I wanted to play on the tour. Like we've had a few of them on, on the podcast and they've told their stories where, or we've had coaches or whoever, but like, Hey, I, I tried to play pro. I didn't make it. I got hurt. And, and now I do this and now I love this and this is awesome. And that, that keeps me connected to the game. And I think it's really fun to see um, some of those people that have kind of like taken on this role of, Oh, I'm a, I'm a golf influencer. And not only, obviously they're very talented. I think a lot of them are, or more talented that they actually, uh, you know, tell you they are, um, which I think is really cool. But then I also think that, uh, I'm impressed by the ones that not only can hit the good shots, but then have, have realized that in order to do the job, you kind of have to learn to put on that, like your personality, right? You are an on-air personality and that is a difficult and challenging job, right? Um, it's almost uh, the weird comparison that I would, uh, not to say that he's amazing at this, but the one that just popped into my head is Tim Tebow, right? For whatever reason, he couldn't make it at at the pro level, right? But he found a way 
to to pivot and stay within the game that he loved and 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 do broadcasting now whether or not you know he is you know if if we're defining him as a good broadcaster or not is you know open for debate i think he's okay i also think he's poured himself into that and like has learned the trade which again is not an easy thing you don't just show up on set and start talking about football that is a skill but i think it's i I find people like that very fascinating well it's funny you say that because i've i've always been in my sport and in everyone that knows me i've always been this i'm very good at talking to people in exactly the situation we are talking i've always been good at like talking being filmed and being and talking and i got asked years and years and years ago to like host the x games on site live and I knew going, I was like, guys, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. And I also should have prepped a tiny bit better. And I got the camera pointed at me. And when it was like time to go, I was just shook. And it was always funny because I was like, I knew I would. And not that, I mean, I'm talking myself down. Like I couldn't have prepared. I probably could have done a little bit better. But there's things, it's hard to do that. It's hard to get to where you're like Tim Tebow or a broadcaster. But there's so many different levels of it where like someone would think I would be the best at this because I'm so outgoing, talk so much. And I'm just like, dude, you put me on the spot and it's like impossible. And I see some of these people that like dive into those roles, like even Kevin Kisner this past week, I was like interested to see because he's so funny. Mm -hmm. He's so confident. But in those other settings and and you could tell there's a couple of times where like he had a little bit of what I was talking about in it where he was like, oh, I'm not going to commercial. That was the hardest stuff was when you're like relied upon for like a 10 second get in and get out. That was like really hot challenging yeah. and i liked that he was like yeah i'm not doing that and i was like dang i wish i could have said that like, <laughs> you know so i hosted x games for one weekend years ago and i was like and no one ever called me back <laughs> that was it that's funny it's not easy but actually funny i never get to tell this story because there's no footage of anywhere but the year i hosted the x games and i was just like a walking around host i wasn't on tv or i guess i was on tv some randomly when Ricky Fowler was sponsored by Red Bull, he was at the X games on site. And I interviewed Ricky Fowler in the stands watching BMX or skate street. I don't remember. And it was really funny because he was not interested in being interviewed by me and didn't say much. But uh, years later, and I didn't play golf at this time. And years later, I look back and I'm like, how funny is that? Like my sport took me right. to where I should be. And then randomly Ricky Fowler's here just sitting watching, you know, obviously he has a motocross background. So it made sense, but very funny to like i interviewed ricky fowler at a random place that is pretty funny yeah all all roads end with you bumping into a golfer somewhere that's just how it goes (laughs) hey i I have a whole nother one i was in i was in miami and henrik stinson was outside the miami heat arena and we're filming legitimate street riding someone walks up to our team manager and is like hey do y'all want to be in this photo shoot we'll give each person a hundred dollars and we're like sure so he's in hugo boss suit He's riding, I have video of this. He's riding our BMX bikes, popping willies for a photo shoot for Hugo Boss. That's amazing. It's unreal. And I've never posted it because I'm like, what do you do with this footage of Henrik Stinson like, <laughs> in a wow. suit riding down the street with like six BMXers riding with him? But this was used all around the world. Like these, this, this photo shoot. Like, so if you just put yourself out in front of uh, buildings enough, you're going to end up seeing golfers like that is true. We're everywhere. <laughs> the, the memes you probably could have created with that footage when he went to live. <laughs> I thought about sending it to a couple of people. Just yeah. like, here, I have this. <laughs> like, I have this. It's ready. Right. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, but it was one of those days where, like, do I tell him I can shoot 85 or do I not tell him I can shoot 85? Right. <laughs> 
Oh, but you know, I, I don't remember. I don't think I even told him I played golf. I just like, we just went about our business, rode bikes and went, you know, went away. But yeah. Um, anyways, that's fun. All right. I got a couple more questions. So this is kind of like a two part question. I always love to ask, what do you love about golf and what do you hate about golf? Who wants to go first? I'll let you take the lead, Aaron. All right. Um, the thing that I love about golf is honestly, it's the freedom of like just wandering a golf course. I'm not a big hiker or like, I love being outside, but I don't like traditionally want to go hiking. That's never been my thing in life. I want my hike to have an activity. So like mountain biking, um, you know, BMX riding in the trails, whatever it may be. So golf kind of was this outlet for me to like go on a 7am, 6.45 in the morning, walk in the dew and like kind of be by yourself and like enjoy, I guess you could say nature, but with some sport tied to it, since I love sports and I love uh, the challenge of things. And I just, I just loved that. I loved it so much. And then now all these years later, what I love about it is playing those fun rounds with um, family, friends, and then meeting new people, like doing the hundred hole hike and like meeting all these amazing people doing what we're doing right now and being able to travel and like play all these amazing courses. And so I don't think there's anything better for me than walking a golf course uh, with good friends and having a good conversation. And like, you know, uh, I guess the obvious bad would just be, um, you know, it not being so consistent, but I I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything about that. Um, I don't really, I, I honestly don't think there's too much bad about it. I think, it's pretty fun and I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we all, I play for myself, so I don't really know what else. There's not, a, there's not a ton of bad. I mean, obviously getting the hosel here and there is not that fun, but other than that, I think it's pretty great. Nice. Well said. I think for me, like what I love, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things I could point to, but I think the biggest is it, it's just a connector. I mean, this game like brings people together, I think, and, in ways that like nothing else does it's like all different walks of life all different backgrounds all different things and it's just you get people together on a golf course for you know two hours for nine holes or four hours for 18 holes or whatever it may be and it's just like you can become fast friends and you can feel confident like it it also reveals character like you can feel confident in the person that you met because you've gotten to see a little bit of like what's inside of them almost i feel like with how they react and how they they handle kind of what happens on a golf course so i mean i think that's my favorite thing is just like a lot of what i do today like my my job everything like that just comes from connections that have been made on a golf course and it's like all these different golf circles that have kind of like come together to form my larger network and kind of like friend groups so that's i think that's my favorite part um what do i hate about golf i mean there's not again like kind of like with aaron like there's not a lot that i can point to but if anything i'd I'd kind of go to that like whole joking, like uh, what's it? Big Randy from, from no laying up is always like, you know, shrink the game uh, rather than yeah. grow the game. <laughs> uh, we need, we need some more tea time availability and we need a little faster play out there. So I, I think if I would have had to jokingly go with anything, I think it would just be that. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I just don't understand slow play for me. I, I'm a fast player. I like to, you know, if you don't put somebody in front of me and I go out there and I'm walking, mm-hmm. I'll play around like two, two and a half hours yep. for 18 holes. Um, so for me, when it, when somebody's in front or like there's a group in front and they're playing slow, like I just, that part just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Slow play is not ideal. All right. That's pretty good. I love what you said about the the less or let more tea times. Like I was going to say that in mine, but I felt bad because, you know, I'm a big fan of growth. I love it. I live in a city and I luckily a lot of my 
businesses and stuff all have to do with growth. Growth is great. And I, not all growth is good, but I do like, you know, I appreciate it. But when I, five years ago, I could get a tea time at any time of the day by myself for four, you could walk on anywhere, anytime. And that is not the case today. And I was going to say it, getting a tea time has changed, but so is my scheduling with life and family. So it's not as bad as if it was, if I still didn't have a kid and I had all that time, I'd be pretty bummed today. But maybe with all this in five or six, seven years, we'll see new golf courses and we'll see other great things. But yes, I agree. More tea times would be great. Yeah. 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 I mean, it for me, it's like I want the game to continue to grow because it, you know, it's my business, but also at the same time, it's like I'd love to be able to go out. That's really funny. Uh, okay. Two more. So, one, um, but what can people kind of like keep an eye out if there's anything you guys are working on? um upcoming projects etc cetera, etc cetera. like what can people kind of like you know look for from each of you on the socials online wherever etc cetera, etc cetera. it could be anything i don't know oh gosh um that's a great question i think if in terms of like what to look out for like this continuous instagram uh posting i'm trying to be better uh in terms of like at least getting a post out a week because for me it's like i i shoot so much i'm on the road so much I have a hard time like keeping up with the Instagram uh, kind of beast, um, mm. getting all that content out there. It's that that blog post I mentioned where like I, I kind of highlighted favorite projects from 23. There was so much of that that never saw the light of day. And that's kind of the reason why I wrote that blog post and, and put it on my site. I'm probably going to try and do like on that kind of same theme, like probably some more writing, some more blog post type stuff, whether that be just even like, you know, if I'm at a major championship week, um, just trying to put galleries of images on there that people can see more than just the 10, you know, the 10 frames that make it onto Instagram. Right. There's so much that just never sees the light of day that I'd love to share. And there's just like no great way to do it. So I'm going to try and maybe push some more stuff through that, but um, you know, hopefully returning to a, a good chunk of the majors this year um, should be at us open women's open. Uh, sounds like I may be making a return to the USAM as well. That was a fun one uh, last year. Um, I've got a, uh, I got a fun stream song shoot coming up. Um, was actually supposed to do it, uh, the second week of the year, but caught the stomach bug bad and had to push it. So, uh, coming up in February, working on some stuff for stream song for their 2024 marketing campaigns and things like that. So you'll see some, some fun content coming out of there soon. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't really know what I got going on this year. We, uh, the last few years have been so busy with like work and other stuff, like, outside of bike riding in the norm that I'm trying my hardest to get back into the groove and riding and creating content around bike riding. And like, um, the same with golf. I've like reached out, like I reached out to you and like, I'm just like, Hey, if there's anything cool going on this year, like I want to be a part of it. I'm like, I have more freedom these days with the baby being turning four in a couple months. And, um, you know, I just want to get back to traveling, seeing, seeing like my friends around the country, playing golf, riding bikes. Um, that kind of stuff. A few years ago, I was, I was on a good roll of doing that. And, you know, kind of, you know, life kind of hits you and you just sort of have to take a, take a break. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of, I'm just looking forward to kind of getting active again and like being active on Instagram, being active on bike riding, just everywhere and filming some videos, filming some bike riding, having some fun. So awesome. I don't have anything huge, but I'm supposed to play golf in Scotland in May um i've been doing all my i've been doing all my connecting the dots on who out there has a way for me to get on at a couple special places so we'll see if we can pull that off that's that's might be the highlight of the year that sounds great where are you <laughs> headed 
so yeah but other than that you know enjoying uh enjoying time with the family and you know hanging out awesome he was saying where are you headed in scotland yeah where are you headed in scotland oh um uh unclear but basically i've reached out to a couple people to try and get you know see if there's some dates around uh saint andrews to be able to get on and then basically the trip would kind of be planned around that we're going for my uh father-in-law's 60th birthday which is now two years ago i think um but this is the big trip to play some golf so we're gonna play a bunch of golf i don't know exactly where it all kind of depends on this saint andrews thing but the goal is to play saint andrews and try and do that and then i think the goal is to play three times a few different places and then go to go to england go to um scotland just sort of bounce around but there'll be like 14 of us so nice. to be a big family trip should be really fun uh yeah so either way we're playing three times maybe one of those will be st andrews we'll see how uh lucky we get or i i said I'm, i'll be there 4 a.m i heard you can walk on if you do that so a few of us are more than willing to do that and i think you know i think we'll play one way or another so let's uh let's chat afterwards i got some advice i was there last summer so I've i love some- it i okay. like it there you go Love it. Yeah, the lottery is good. I did the lottery and I got I um me and a buddy played it on it was like on a Tuesday. And did you go Tuesday morning? Uh, we went on what did we do? I think we put our names in the list. Maybe it's forty eight hours. I'm forgetting because it was a few years ago. Just enter in the forty eight hour every day, like kind of yeah. leading up to when you're going to be there or while you're still there. And okay, you've got a pretty good chance of hitting with the forty eight hour. I think. Exactly. Well, I'll talk to you guys both about this afterwards. We don't need yes. to give all the secrets away because it's like the I, we need more tea times. If I give all these away, that might be gone. <laughs> yeah, we can't give away all the tea times. The Here. podcast is going to go so viral that it's going to screw me over on my trip. <laughs> You're like, uh, thanks, guys. You launched a podcast and St. Andrews is booked up for the next for the rest of the year. Thank so you. Editor, editor, uh, I, I like secrets. One other <laughs> thing I'd like to pull out this year would be. I'd like to play Vanden. I have not made it there. I've had a couple invites and it's just not worked out. Um, I'm going to try my best on like to do a pull off one of those, uh, like, Hey, it's Monday. They said Thursday through the weekend are good to go. And I'm just going to like go by myself. I'm tired of waiting on people. I've been trying to wait on people and get like, you know, two or four people to go. I'm over it. I think I'm just going to like start buying plane tickets myself and going to some trips and just be like, enjoy it for a day or two and sleep on the floor or whatever. I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm easy. Lots of tips on that one too for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lots of, yeah, let's offline because I also want to go back. I've been to Bandon once and I just want to go back again. Yeah. We're yeah. We'll continue this conversation offline. Last question. Uh, I know it's cold. When and where is everyone's less uh, next round of golf? And if it's in the sim, you can say so. Mine will probably be in the simulator and I'll probably play Beth page black. Where are you guys playing? Mine is tomorrow at 12.30 at Lions Municipal Course in Austin, Texas. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be warmer out tomorrow. Maybe I'll drag myself out for, for nine holes somewhere. I've got a, I got a club here in Dallas, but I'm in the process of kicking it to the curb because they can't seem to, uh, can't seem to, keep, can't seem to keep the greens alive. So oh, that's a little bit of a problem. Mm. So, yeah, maybe, maybe bounce out somewhere for nine holes tomorrow. Nice. All right, guys. We're so lucky for – Having we have great muni courses here in Austin, we really do, but it's just so tough in Texas to keep the to keep them all alive, keep the the trees suck up all the water. It's even Austin Country Club, you can get under the trees and you're like, oh, they they're having the same problems. They just do a better job of hiding it with like mulch and like other stuff. Obviously, Austin Country Club is beautiful and in, in perfect condition, 
but you go up to the Midwest, you go up to like, um, you know, Colorado, Utah, and you see the courses, even the municipals. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, for $12, you have this. And like, it's just plush and just great. You know, we, we play a different type of golf here, but we're lucky to have so many, we have five muni courses, like within 20 minutes of my house. Fantastic. Or six, six actually. And, um, and plus Butler. So six and a half. I mean, it's, it's great, but you know, if you could just keep, keep them all alive, you know, it's, it's hard. It's 120 in the summer. What are you supposed to do? Seriously. What are you going to do? All right, guys. Well, enjoy it out there. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, continue this conversation offline about Scotland and Bandon. Love it. Hey, thank you very much. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, you're more of an influencer than you're giving yourself credit for. You you uh, have made me buy a couple pairs of shoes, and uh, I, uh, I, uh, I appreciate it. So thanks for everything you've got going on. For sure, man. Yeah, thanks for the time, guys. Take, Take it easy. Andrew, thank you for the time. Thanks for having me on. Uh, fun to chat with you guys.